Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Catfish Corner Podcast, where we don't talk about catfish so much as we talk about Nashville Predators hockey. I'm Tommy Dees, and I am stepping in at least for once as the host, and I'm here with Paul Skrbina, also of the Tennesseans. Tell the people hello, Paul. Hello, people. Hello, Paul. I'm little Mr. Hockey. (laughs) So we have a lot to talk about. Um, It's been a very interesting few weeks uh, with the Preds. Well, where do we begin? We had a 10-game road losing streak, a six-game losing streak, and now we're back, and it's a two-game winning streak. It's funny what a Victor Arvidsson return to the lineup will do and a Rocco Grimaldi uh, awakening. Not awakening, but um, showing his value uh, to, to many people uh, of late. Um, but, you know, they're, getting the, they're starting to get the pieces back. They have four guys on IR still, but they're not the big pieces that have been missing for so long. And I'm so tired of talking about injuries, um, but <clears throat> that's you know been the big the big storyline of the of the this especially this losing streak you know which they've kind of been able to keep their heads above water or at least tread water. Um, and now I think with these guys starting to come back, um, you know I think you're going to start seeing more of what you saw at the beginning of the of this season. Yeah, and and I think it's interesting because uh, during the ten game road losing streak and the six game overall losing streak. As that those numbers grew, it, it they're not within the organization, but among the fan base, uh, among the faithful, you could sense some panic. Like, oh gosh, now now they've got especially when PK came back and Arvidsson came back, and they didn't immediately start winning. Which is, you know, that's I, I think that's just you know being a sports fan, you're passionate and you you care and you you think that when guys come back, things are going to change overnight. And it's actually, you know, I talked with with Victor about that yesterday, and with and I've talked with Roman about it. I've talked with some other guys about, you know, it takes time, you know, when when guys are hurt and they've been out for this long, um, to to kind of get back up to speed. Arvidsson obviously has goals in his last two games and he's looking back up to speed and that top line's playing a little bit better but i talked to ryan johansson too of just about all the different adjustments that he's had to make he's losing his line mates he's you know he's playing with new guys every night now the band's kind of getting back together again and i think you know that's when this team's going to be at its best um of course you had last night with with uc playing probably one of the best games of his career and you're starting to see again you know the the guys in their proper roles success can happen again and, and you'll see the fan base start to probably kind of shift the other way if they go oh, yeah, overly optimistic uh, you know the, but you know let's put it in perspective they did lose 10 games in a row on the road and they did lose six in a row overall and then they won two and they're exactly two points out of the division lead well, so, the, so that's how far they fell which is not very far if you if you'd have told me before all these injuries happened that they were going to happen and they would still be in this position, I would have probably have not believed you. I mean, that's a that's de- that could be devastating to a team that could destroy an entire season. Um, so I think 
all in all, you know, relatively speaking, we're talking about a team that was able to, again, stay, you know, at least tread water and not lose too much ground. And you know what? In the NHL, I don't I, I just don't really believe that playoff seeds are all that important. I think you get in and that's what you need to do. And, and you know, the, the rest the postseason is a different season. But this team is built for that. And I don't, I didn't, I never sensed during any of this, the losing streak, that there was a lot of panic. Now there, there are, to be fair, um, some points of, of contention, um, especially the power play, uh, which has been better of late, but overall has been horrific this season. Um, you know, and, and again, I think that speaks to how good this team is, that they're still able to, to, to be where they are and have all these injuries and have a, hor- a horrible power play. Um, and so once those things kind of take care of themselves I, I i think you're gonna see this team winning a lot more than they're losing yeah and and when i watch and 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 as those of you who listened to the last podcast i'm still a bit of a novice at, at hockey but listening to the the coach talk listening to the players talking what i see with my eyes the power player play has certainly been an issue but i'll tell you an issue that, that i think pk coming back and, and getting back in playing shape and getting back to playing like an all-star it's going to be huge with is, is I don't think they're they're back in defense in support of goal. There's been too many easy goals given up during that that time when they weren't winning. Where you know you end up giving up three goals and you look at it and two of them really shouldn't have been. They weren't contested by anybody but the goaltender and there were defenders who could have helped out. And and I think they think that's where they need to improve the most. I think that's I think that's certainly a big part of it. I mean you know as you know I mean most a lot of a good percentage of goals in the NHL that are allowed are not usually the goalie's fault but yeah Pekka hasn't been getting a lot of support UC especially hadn't been getting a lot of support but he's been playing pretty poorly too I mean you know if you look at some of the advanced metrics I mean UC's is having a down year so I think the game yesterday um, could could be a big boost for him Um, and I think you know again it's just a matter these guys have been you know especially defensive pairings I mean these guys are they get used to playing with with each other and then you know, PK's out for 21 games or whatever it was, and and all of a sudden now you're you're, you're flapping flip flopping the lineup around, and and you know there are some guys on the team who were playing bigger roles than than they're really honestly capable of playing. So I think that that that's that's a part of it too. But then you talk about a guy like Rocco who's playing, you know, over his head in terms of. Is that a reference to him being five six? That's really not fair. No, I, I, I not I'm not ever going to make fun <laughs> of Rocco's height. No, Rocco and Rocco's mom. Uh, during and we were in DC, the the moms all came out there for the trip, and um, his mom was was crying after he scored a goal, and and she was actually at the last game. He has he has he has three goals this or two goals, three goals this season, I think, right? And his mom has been at every one of those games where he scored a goal. So, um, you know, there's a lot of fun that was had with that, um, and, and uh-huh. an, inter- an interesting story though. I, I just want to give you, I, I like the anecdotes, and and so we we were able to meet some of the moms on this trip in DC, and. Um, UC's mother and Pekka's mother, we were talking to them, and I found it interesting because Pekka uh, speaks great English. She's a great conver- you know, a great conversationalist. And UC's still young and still learning and, and, a, and more of a quiet, quiet guy. And so we get the moms, t- we're talking to them, and UC's mom is translating for Pekka's mom, who doesn't, is, I don't know if she's not real comfortable speaking English or she doesn't know how to speak English really well, but it was a, it was a role reversal that I, th- I found pretty humorous. Um, but you know, it was a neat thing. I think the, you know, the, the, uh, Ryan Johansson said something to me yesterday about putting, you know, they, they didn't like 2018 very much. And I think that, that, you know, has a lot to do with the, the, the loss in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, not, not just the 2018 beginning of this season, but right. the entire calendar. 
Right. And, and, and I think, and I thought that was a pretty interesting, pretty telling, um, he said a lot without saying too much. And I think that, you know, this team is, they are hungry. They have the talent. They're going to, you know, I think Forsberg is going to come back. My guess, I don't have any confirmation. My guess would be probably Friday or, or early next week. And, you know, once he gets back into the swing of things, you know, you're, I think you're going to see a lot of the same that you saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, let's hit some kind of kind of fun topics. Um, Rocco being one of them. Um, he he is out playing um, probably what would be expected for a, for a fourth line defenseman who's who's been on three different teams and up and down from the minors, um, and now he's a goal scorer of late. But he's he's around the puck. He, he skates exceptionally well, and and he's an energy guy. He's a gnat. He's yeah. he's a, he's the he's you know he's an he's an annoying guy to play against because he never slows down. He's you know he's always you know you talk about guys you know the, the cliche is about taking shifts off or taking plays off. The guy never stops, and 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 he has to do that. I've talked. He has to do that to survive in the NHL. He you know we alluded and we make fun of his height and all that and his size. Um, but he's a guy who I see after every single game and before after every game he's always stretching and working out after practices he's always the last guy in the locker room he's he he has to the effort for him has to be at a maximum all the time for him to even be you know a serviceable player in the NHL he has to work a lot harder than a lot of other guys do and so you know he we're talking about him a lot but he's been very very important to this team um, and I don't think anybody really expected that coming into this season i think you just look at him and go okay he's, just, he's another guy yeah he'll spend a few weeks here and then he'll go back when somebody gets healthy and i'm not sure that's going to be the case now yeah they're gonna have some decisions to make when when all these guys come back they have some, they'll have some time to do that um you know i'm not big on, on, on unwarranted speculation and and, and all that i i would guess if rocco continues to play the way he's been playing that that david poyle and, and peter laviolette and the decision makers in that organization will find a way to keep him on this team so if, if, if he does get sent down he is he could be picked off off waivers yeah and, i mean and he, they might not want to risk that right somebody and, might say look at the way that guy's been skating uh we'd like him in our organization and i and i that's again why i think that he probably would you know they would rather just keep him and, and he makes them better like you don't want to keep him just so he doesn't go somewhere else you want to keep him because he makes your team better mm-hmm. it's hard to find you know bottom six uh, bottom six forwards who, who can contribute like he does um, and not just goal scoring I mean it's there's a lot more that, go, that goes into it the goal scoring is just kind of a bonus but I wanted to bring up another topic so when I was in oh, wait wait let me I got a Rocco story I got to tell um, before we finish talking about Rocco um, Rocco did score back-to-back games um, the one at Washington and the one against the Flyers and 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 he was asked about you know his mother being at that and she cried the first goal she didn't cry in the one at Nashville and and somebody brought that up to him though she didn't cry when he scored now he thinks she's getting used to it and Rocco said well I'm, I'm not used to it yet so, so Rocco ain't crying but but Rocco is uh as, as happy to be contributing on the scoring end and not just as a gnat you and using the the sticks that uh the, that he names mm-hmm. which uh Tommy did a story on which I wanted to when I was in DC when I when they were in DC I was I heard part of the TV broadcast and that story was brought up and I kind of joked on Twitter that you know the, the, these TV 
commentators were, were talking about how he does this, and, and I didn't hear Tommy's name or the, the newspaper's name mentioned at all um, for where that story originated, which kind of annoyed me a little bit because, you know, I think it's it's not hard to just give somebody credit, and Tommy gets all the credit for that. He noticed that, and he's had a lot, of, and, and him and Rocco have had a lot of fun with that. And, you know, those are the kind of interesting things that, you know, to me, um, you know, make what we do fun because, you know, we're able to see things or notice things maybe that other people aren't. And we could and, go, we could go places other people don't go like their locker room. And, and, and so that, that, that brings, you know, I, I thought it was a, that, that story is right up my alley. Like I, I love those kinds of, of, you know, behind the scenes stuff that, and not only that, but, but Rocco and, and the rest of the guys had fun with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're not robots out there. And they Except have, for Ron Ellis. He wasn't having any of it. <laughs> Everybody does that. I'm just kidding, Ron. Ron ain't listening. So, <laughs> but so so yeah, I think you know overall they're they're you know Rocco's been great. I think um, Arvidsson has long been said by Peter Laviolette and, and a lot of other you know Forsberg and, and Johansson. He's he's kind of the the motor that makes that team go. And you know in the last couple of games you've noticed that. Um, and, and so I think you know again once once Forsberg is back and Hartman goes back to where he's you know used to playing and most valuable. Um, you're going to see a lot of things kind of fall back into place. Yeah, and it's it's been interesting as someone who's not watched a lot of hockey to watch what I saw like in the first half of December when they were winning games, but mostly at home at least they were winning games. And but they were looking like they were really struggling. Everything that they did looked like they like it was too hard. Um, and now you're starting to see even with a few you know two key pieces back. That some of what used to look hard looks exceedingly easy. Getting shots, uh, an organized attack on the power play, whether successful or not, it didn't even look like they were trying to score sometimes. And in fact, they gave up goals <laughs> when they were on the power play. Uh, now they look like they know, you know, this is the plan, this is how we're going to attack, and we can execute it. And they, believe it or not, I mean, people, how could, you know, they want to talk about coaching and they want to talk, at the end of the day, I and mean, this team, I've seen. I mean, like I say, we're there a lot, right? We're, it's we're, it's not just game day. This team puts in a lot of time working on that, you know. And, and when you watch it, it's even more baffling knowing that they that they put in the practice and they put in the time and the energy to try to figure it out. And then you watch during a game, and it looks like they haven't been trying at all. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I understand it, it, it being a, a mystery, and it, and it still is to me to some extent. Like, how could they be this? I mean, with all that talent, how could they be this bad on the power play? Um, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the season, all that matters is where they are right. in, in the standings and where, and where they go in the playoffs. Yeah, so, if you're, it's like in the baseball playoffs. If you're, if you're one of your starting pitchers has a five-something ERA, but at the time of the playoffs he's pitching like a one-something ERA, that's who they have to try to hit. And that's goalies in the, that's goalies in the right. postseason. As, as the Predators found out with, with Pekka last year, I mean, he, he, he struggled mightily at times during the playoffs, and he was the best goalie in the NHL all season. You know, you just never, you never know. But again, you can only build for success and, and, and hope that it works. And, 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 you know, not just, not just hope, but put in the work to make it work. But there's so many other, you know, every, every, there's 30, there's, there's 30 some other teams that are doing the same thing. So, they're trying real hard too. Yeah. Right. So that, that trying real hard doesn't cut it. So, you know, that, but yeah, it's, I think, you know, they got another long road trip coming up. Um, I think there's, it's, it's a, six games and 11, 11 days. Um, and then I think they're going to, you know, settle in at home after that. But no, the, the, actually, actually they've only got four, 
They played one home game as we speak in early January at home. And they've only got four more home dates this month. No, I'm February saying February's a very big home month. Yeah, I was yeah I was referring to February after okay. they get back from after they get back from the to, the break that they get, which is going into the All Star, which is wrapped around the All Star break. They get their mandatory week off, so they'll be rested again. Um, they'll have some time off and come back and play a lot of games at home. And really, that's when I think the real second season begins is after the all-star break where it's going to be very telling where they'll end up in the standings and in the postseason who they might play so you know i think um these next this this road trip here will be um every game is important i get it uh but this road trip they can't afford it they can't afford another 10 game road losing streak that that that's for sure because you know you, you can endure that once maybe but twice you're asking for trouble so you know, I, that, I, that's one thing I want to bring up. They broke the the losing the road losing streak at Washington. That's that's not like you went up and played the Blackhawks the way they've been playing lately. And so you just happened to finally get a bad team that played bad on the road. They played a good team that was playing extremely good hockey. And you can see it coming. I mean, hockey is one of those sports where, like, even in, even in the two previous road losses, they didn't play horribly. They they actually you can see them getting getting better. Um, some of the games they lost during that streak were, were were pretty awful. But this, you know, the last the two games before the one they won in DC, you could you could see that a win was coming uh, if they continue to play the way they were playing. So you know, I, I always urge people to ju- it's a long journey, you know, and and to, to to be a fan is to experience all the ups and downs of that, and I and I totally get it. But you know, to put it in a in a in a shell, um, you know, you have to kind of look at it long term and and. I, I like I've always said all year that they're going to be fine. And and one other topic I wanted to explore, um, which which has been a hot topic in Nashville and everywhere in the league is 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 an outdoor game, a, a winter classic. Uh, it was just played. Um, Paul, you're probably shocked to know that the, the Blackhawks were involved in a, an outdoor game. I thought that's all they played were outdoor games. But, uh... <laughs> so the league loves them some Chicago Blackhawks outdoors. Uh, they played at Notre Dame. And um, they announced that that next season's uh, Winter Classic, and there are other um, outdoor games next season. But they announced that the 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 Jerry World um, AT and T Stadium. No, they're going to play in the Cotton Bowl, I think, outdoors in Dallas, um, which makes more sense um, because Jerry Dome, while you can open the roof, is not exactly outdoors. But Dallas is getting next year's. Um, it's possible Nashville will be the opponent because they haven't named the opponent, but probably the Blackhawks, if I had to guess. I, I, would, I don't know about that, but I think – Actually, I think Las Vegas would make sense but for travel and getting fans to come to Dallas. I've asked – and I know and you, and you, that's another story that you did, uh, you know, about the possibility of, of the outdoor – of the Winter Classic coming to Nashville. I think it's not only a possibility, I think it's probably an inevitability that there will be an outdoor game here. The question is, where do they play it? When do they play it? There's some logistics there. I've, ta- I've, I've talked with David Poyle about it. I've talked with some other people in the, in the Predators organization about some of the logistics that go into it. There's definitely... Um, and, I, and I've talked to the NHL, and they have talked to Nashville, and they've, they've actually sent a team down here to scout locations. And I think, I think we're, you know, there, there's, there are finite possibilities of where that could be. But I do think it will be here. I mean, the All-Star game was here, and it was a great success. Uh, there's no doubt, you know, with the, with the Winter Classic, what that is, a lot of it with, you know, the Blackhawks are in it all the time or the Bruins. Are, it's it's a really, you know, those those markets, uh, can, those markets support their teams. They, there's a deep tradition that's there, right? So 
they it's it's a you know just like NBA wants to own Christmas Day, the NHL is trying to own New Year's Day, which is hard with college football bowl games, but right. But in their own way, they're they're trying to find their 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 niche, and, and so they I think there will be an outdoor game here, and I think it won't be very long. I have my doubts about the Predators playing the Stars in that Winter Classic because I think if the Winter Classic is going to come here. Uh, eventually, within the next few years, um, I why well, expose that team twice? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that Nashville is a big enough market to. They're, they're going to want to bring in a a brand name, a Rangers, or a, you know maybe one of the you know Canadian teams, Black Toronto, Hawks. Chicago, whoever. That's that's why you see the same teams playing it over and again. But I think Nashville. I, there's no doubt the city will would be able to put on a show for the for the winter classic i think it's just nobody about, nobody does big events better than nashville but and I, that's I, that's a fact I, so i think that's it, why the nfl drafts coming here and that, that's the inevitable that's why i think it's inevitable that it happens but you know again the, you know i talked to david poyle about it briefly you know my impression after talking to him was the biggest thing was was the venue we have to find a venue that makes you know nissan and, stadiums obviously says he wants to partner with the city which is definitely what you want to do because that moves mountains as far as if if you decide that you want to go nissan stadium and it's going to be january 1st which kind of butts up against titan season well you need the city and and the titans on board with that quite frankly and and this is a community that tends to work together but nobody wants to see the titans on a three-game road trip um so you got to work around that um, and then the interesting possibility is is the the soccer stadium that will be built here at the fairgrounds, which might make a perfect venue for that. And probably there will be a lot of reason to put it there. Among the reasons would be to introduce that venue as, wow, we got this great new place. Everybody look. Yeah, I think it, again, it's it's. I mean, I don't. I, nobody has told me it's coming here. That's just my my guess. And I'm telling you, it's coming here. All right, well, you heard it I don't, know, first. I don't know it, but I'm still telling you. This is the what, – what does it say on the door here? It's the First Amendment um, room or Conference something. Conference room, yeah. Conference room. Well, that, that's my freedom of speech. I'm telling you that Nashville's getting an outdoor game, and that's, that's my constitutionally protected right to say whether I know it or not. And we're, we're, and we're protected to prosecute you if you're wrong. <laughs> uh, if, if that's what I get prosecuted for, I've won. Because uh, there's probably some other things, but we won't talk about that. So, um, other things of note with the the Preds, um, we call this catfish corner. And Paul, I haven't seen a catfish thrown on the ice. There was a th- there catfish. was allegedly one thrown yesterday. There was but I didn't one. See it. First of all, I'm I'm saying Photoshop. Second of all, all I've seen a, a picture of is a guy carrying a catfish off the rock. Ice. He could have brought that in in his pocket. They keep them in tanks. There, there, there's catfish in tanks there, you know. So they just bring them out. So, so it is a, a it's, it is an urban legend. They're not really people throwing them. You've got officials from the Preds sneaking them out onto the ice and, and surreptitiously dropping them and then pointing into the stands and saying somebody threw this. Is that what you're telling? Well, me? I, I I I was I, I've seen it I've seen it once or twice and I did see it last night. So I don't know where you were looking, but I saw it. So. You need to just pay more attention or, you know, just bring your own and throw it out there. That's a long way from where we are, um, where, where the press row is. I was way up top in the 300s um, section, and um, it's, it's a nice view. It's cold, but not as cold as it is near the near the ice, of course. But uh, I didn't notice any catfish. If, if it was, I mean, you know, look, I'd settle for a bass, you know, any, any a, a guppy. Bluegill, something, anything, goldfish. Yeah, just, you know, I mean, a, a tuna steak, you know. Um, some sushi, anything. I, I want to see fish on ice. 
Well, hopefully. Yeah. I think that's my right as a, as a person who's covered a few Preds games now. Mr. Hockey. Mr. Hockey. Well, I hope everybody had a happy holiday and happy every day. But we'll be back. I'm going to hit the road for a while here. Maybe we can figure out the technology and uh, get you on the phone to do one next week, huh? That's a possibility, if you're lucky. (laughs) Well, um, you can watch your Preds um, on television or listen to them on the radio for the next bit as they venture back out on the road. You can certainly read about it at Tennessean.com and in your newspaper if if you're old like me.